the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Oh, Mr. Dot Commer. On WEEI.com. edition of our uh, positional breakdown series of the draft, last but not least, is the defensive backs, cornerbacks, and safeties. Uh, we'll start with the cornerbacks. I, I think a pretty intriguing class, but maybe not for the Patriots, just given what they have at the position. First of all, I hope my internet doesn't freeze up again like it did last time, like it did on the Bengals in the mock draft, apparently at pick one. Yes, uh, you're not, you're not the, one of the only ones that are doing this. And- see, if it can happen to the team that's selecting a guy that they hope will be their quarterback for the next 15 years and that they're expecting to pay probably $250 million to, then if it happens in an off-day podcast, it's not that big a deal. Correct. Yeah, so the cornerback position. Um, I think it's good, maybe a little overrated. Okay. And there was a little, we were talking about this, you and I, off-air, the sort of variance. I mean, there's a couple high-end prospects in Okuda and Henderson. And then Peter King had a mock draft that was just absolutely loaded with corners in the first round. So I think sort of that second tier after the top two, whether there's two guys in that, three guys in that, who those guys are. Um, is interesting. But as you said, the Patriots perspective, I mean, cornerback is probably the, the best position on the team. Oh, not, not even a question. Right. You have everything. You have the elite player in Stefan Gilmore, the defensive player of the year. You have the veteran the backup. Coming. What's that? I was going to say the next coming, hopefully, in J.C. Jackson in their mind. Yeah, I, I'd like to pump the brakes on that a little bit. But yes, you have an ascending prospect. You have the veteran Jonathan Joneses and Jason McCordy's. You have the unknown draft pick who you th- you know second round pick with size in Joan Williams I mean there's pretty much everything you could want at cornerback was there also the guy from a training camp last summer was his name D'Angelo Ross am I like just yeah. making things up no but I mean I don't know how high he's going to end up on the depth okay. chart but you're it's it's not a need on any level the only yeah. thing is a you can never have too many corners who knows what you know two guys tear an ACL and suddenly you right. good corners to bad corners um the age, I mean, certainly McCourty is year to year at this right. point. Um, who knows where Jonathan Jones' career kind of goes in terms of what he is. So They have I mean, a lot of money invested in him, by the way. Uh, they do. and That's why last year, remember, a lot of people thought maybe he would be a trade option last right. year. Um, so I wouldn't – in the NFL, when there's – every team's going to draft a corner, it feels like. If you have, right. you have a normal number of picks or if you're like the Patriots and have 12 picks – cornerback's one of those positions you just throw one at the board take him to camp who knows what he ends up maybe he's a stud um that said I would put it down near the bottom of potential first round picks number 23 or whatever they do in the first round unless so you know we just did an off day uh podcast mock where you know Jeffrey Akuda sign kind of falls and if everybody gets bumped down and maybe you know there's just too good a value on the board at 23 but I just I don't really see them being in the range of Okuda, who's almost universally considered the best, although um, C.J. Henderson's made a late run here. It seems like people kind of putting him neck and neck or maybe even passing him up. Um, Christian Fulton, the kid out of LSU, I don't love. Um, I think he's overrated. I know LSU is DBU and yeah. you know sort of next in that line. Um, to steal a term from hockey, uh, I don't love his compete level. Um, I think he's a soft corner who just kind of hangs out I don't think he's real interested in being physical and tackling and doing a lot of things. Not a big fan of his. One guy I'm really intrigued with, probably more than it seems like some people are, is uh, 
Trevon Diggs, who's Stefan Diggs' brother and Alabama kid, sort of a one-year guy there. Um, but I think he could be an absolute stud. You know, the the one thing that always makes you better at corner is sick if you're six one, six two. He's right. got that build, um, good enough speed, and he's done a little returning. He's pretty athletic, long, um, makes play. I, I think he could be – it wouldn't stun me if he ended up being the best cornerback in this draft. Let me put it that way. Um, but there's a ton of them. Um, Gladney's a kid that I've kind of compared – to Ty Law a little bit, you know, handsy kind of, you know, that 5'10", 5'11", grabs receivers a lot kind of player. Um, you know, probably not as good as Ty Law. Ty Law's a Hall of Famer. That's unfair. But he's borderline first-round, second-round pick, which is actually kind of what Ty Law was coming out of Michigan. Right. Um, and, you know, very productive, very experienced. I think he's a four-year starter. Yeah, four-year starter. Um, he does the tie thing, too, where he's in man, and then he'll kind of drift off and make a pick on somebody else's man. Uh, I think he's going to be a really solid physically. I don't know if he's, you know, high end talent, but I think he's going to be a really, really good NFL cornerback. Um, and he's smooth. That's the other thing we always talk about. Like some of these guys are better athletes, but they're like herky jerky and they make up speed and they get beat and then they catch up. He's just kind of smooth. One of those hip to hip Cadillac corners, like I used to call Darrell Rebus, where everything's just nice and smooth down the highway. Um, but there's a ton of those bodies that, second, third, fourth round, it's kind of like receiver. You, you know, there's a lot of bodies that are going to go off the board. And we know, based on past drafts, some of those guys are going to be really good. There's going to be a couple corners in there that are really good. Uh, do you have any other guys that are middle to later rounds that you've identified as could be potential steals? Or uh, Amik Robertson, uh, Louisiana Tech. He is a mid-round kind of guy, uh, at least in part because he's five foot eight. Um, that's short, but Patriots have never really cared how tall their corners were. They've had a boatload of five, eight, five, nine, five, ten cornerbacks over the years. Um, he's, if, if you look past that, I think he's a really good player. Three year starter. Um, I don't, I think he started every game he played in college. Um, but you watch him play, he's competitive. He makes plays on the ball, um, physical. Um, one of those things where you say, is he mature or what? Like he had a son as like a sophomore in high school, he's got a pretty old kid like a seven-year-old son um, as, a, as a rookie, basically. So some teams look at that, and that's kind of a red flag. But others say, no, he's mature. He's had to be a parent for this right. long. Maybe that helps him settle in. But, yeah, Amik, Amik Robertson out of Louisiana Tech, I think, is a guy that would be interesting. Um, there's a kid out of Notre Dame. I put this on the website today, Troy Pride Jr., who is like a 4-4-4-3 speed guy um, who was eh at Notre Dame, kind of a two-year starter. You know, reading things, I think a lot of the coaches felt like he never really lived up to his his potential, his talents. So if you're talking about just a sixth-round pick, maybe, taking a guy with 4-3 speed out of Notre Dame, I think is that's the kind of guy you swing for. Because if you can coach him up, if he gets better coaching with you and maybe matures a little bit technique-wise, um, I think he has elite kind of upside. But there's a, a ton of that third-round, second, third, fourth-round area um, AJ Terrell out of Clemson, I wasn't in love with, kind of a meh guy. Uh, Jalen Johnson out of Utah is a guy, six foot, 193, um, two year starter, all American. A lot of people love him. I think he just flat out grabs people and holds all the time. I think he's going to be a walking pass interference call uh, in the National Football League. So I, I'd be afraid of him a little bit. Um, but he's supposedly, you know, he's very comfortable playing man and zone. Another guy that I didn't think was overly aggressive. I don't like the corners who 
think they're Dion and don't really have to hit and kind of wait for somebody else to make the tackle. There's a, there's a handful of them in this draft. Um, the Dantzler kid out of Mississippi State I kind of liked. Um, he's a bigger kid. He's like 6'2", 190. Uh, I, it wouldn't stun me if he was like a versatile Jawan Williams, maybe you know part corner, part safety, one of these you know fifth and sixth defensive backs. Same thing with Bryce Hall. Um, the Virginia kid, I kind of liked him for the Patriots as like a fourth round pick might just be a special teamer. I don't know, but, um, kind of built more stocky, um, and, uh, as a captain, one of those smart guys out of Virginia. Um, so yeah, he, he's another name I would keep an eye on. I didn't love the Arnett kid out of, uh, Ohio state. They're like second corner opposite Okuda, um, 5'11", 195, three year starter for them. He's another flags are going to come. There's a lot of these guys that grab to be quite honest with you, and they have to transition out of that. And sometimes when they transition out of that, it means they get beat a lot more often. Correct. This just feels like a position where if Belichick makes a surprise pick at number 23, it's this one. It's one of those where are like, what the hell are you doing? Like, we didn't see this coming at all. Right. And, and it was, kind of like what they, I will be one criticizing it because we just talked about it. I mean, you oh, have – Rightfully so, but it's just one of those where Bill kind of goes the opposite direction of everybody else of what they think. And that's just kind of is what happens – what has happened over the years. I'm not saying it is, but I'm just saying if it were to happen again, cornerback would be the position. And then we'll debate whether he's a genius or whether it's ego run amok or whether it's blah, 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 whether he over. Or whether he thinks that Stefan Gilmore is going to get traded or. Right. Oh, the speculation would be great. If they took a corner at 23 or God forbid, traded up a little bit to get a corner, like maybe he thinks Henderson's the best corner in the draft and Okuda goes. And then Henderson's there at like 18 and Bill goes, this, this is like Dion. I got to go get this guy. I can't let this guy pass. And you're like, yeah, but where's he going to play? Like who we right. goes, well, I'll trade Gilmore. Or I'll trade JC Jackson or whatever. So yeah, I guess with Bill, you never really know, but it would kind of, it would be a big surprise to me if they took a corner early. I think again, fourth round, sure. Maybe you throw yeah. one out there, but other than that, I, I would be a little bit surprised. A position that wouldn't be a surprise at number 23 is safety. And I think the guy that maybe has been mocked to the Patriots the most Xavier McKinney out of Alabama. So that kind of just shows that the Patriots are, you know, safety's a, a target of theirs. It's a very old position on their roster, probably the oldest, and they need to start thinking about getting younger. So that's why a lot of people have them taking a safety at number 23. Yeah, it's definitely – I mean, I, I you might be able to duct tape it together for this year if you say, okay, we're going to get by with McCourty, Chung, Brooks, Phillips, you know, some combination of that will make it through. But at the very least, it's a year away from being a major need. Um, unless, you know, the one caveat is maybe Jawan Williams is sort it's of back there, yeah. part of that mix. Who knows? But even with him there, I still think it's a, it's a need. I mean, I, right. they've been lucky to have three starting caliber leader safeties for the last. That really don't miss right. any games. Right. So well, they, I mean, Harmon in McCourty's case. Right. But even Chung, the second tour of duty here and. He's been much more healthy and yeah, he gets banged up in a game, but he usually comes back or, you know, I know he's had his injuries. He had the Super Bowl injury and he got right. banged up late last year, but he's, they've been pretty lucky to have three safeties that were veterans, leaders, reliable, accountable. You knew what they were. They worked together. That road is just about ending and it wouldn't, this is a position where I think you could very well target either a first or a second round pick. Now the one problem is I don't think it's a great position. Um, Depending on what you see Isaiah Simmons as, if you call him a linebacker, you call him a safety, whatever, he's the top end prospect. Although, did you see? Did you notice today? There's some buzz out there that 
Um, one unnamed GM called him the most overrated player in the draft. Saw that, yep. Yeah, starting to come around to my way of thinking on him. Um, but once you get past him, they're all eh. kind of the same. Yeah. Like, well, they have strengths, but they have like pretty definitive weaknesses. And you're like, is this guy this good, or am I talking myself into he's a late first round pick? And you know, is he a second round pick? And so, like, the Delpit kid out of LSU is a really good player, really athletic, does a lot of things really well. One of them is not tackling; like, he can't tackle. And I'm sorry, I just like that's literally the job, the safety position. Well, that's what the Patriots value so much is tackling. Right. So, is that, and they've had issues. Like, think right. of last year's team. Tackling was an issue, so we're going to add this athlete who can't tackle in the back end? Like, right. it just screams no to me. So and he's also – I think he's fallen out of a lot of people's first-round mocks. Like, he was in a, lot of, in a lot of them early, and I haven't really seen him there lately. He can't tackle. It would be like putting a kicker in there who can't kick. I mean – you, you, you got to be able to do the job. He can't do the job. McKinney is McKinney that much better than him. I think he's a solid player. He's not as good an athlete in my mind, slower, um, not as reactive. He, and I think he doesn't trust his own speed at times. He overruns plays because I think he tries to anticipate and get ahead of things. And that gets him out of position a little bit. Um, he certainly fits the, what you'd think he'd be in terms of the Alabama football IQ, tough, you know, I think they call him the alpha dog on the practice field. And, like, I think that. But then I also get back to my whole idea that a lot of times the Patriots have this feeling that Alabama players are maxed out. They, they got great coaching. They had a lot of practice, a lot of hitting. Like, what you see is what you get. If you like that, that's good. But if you think the guy's going to get 20% better, you're going to be disappointed because what you see, he's already had the great coaching. He's already had his technique refined. So there's not a lot of room for growth. So I – I think McKinney would be a little rich in the first round. If you can get him in the second round, okay. You've added a nice physical body. Um, I think there's other guys with more upside that I, I kind of like more to the Patriots. I know Wiggy's big on Antoine Winfield Jr., um, his former uh, teammate's son. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder why. Uh, yeah, I know. It is what it is. Um, the problem with him is, well, there's a few problems. He had a couple different injury seasons, so there's definitely a red flag for that. And I believe he measured in at 5'9 at the – combine which is undersized for anything but for a safety he was also ultra productive uh seven interceptions good ball skills he's a 4-4 guy um he's aggressive like I see what there is to like about him I just don't know that he's a first round safety I don't know that because again we get back to I know it's later in the first round but it's a first round pick I should pencil you in as a starter right away in my opinion competing for a starting job and I don't know that he is just a book it kind of starter um, one kid that I found intriguing was Ashton Davis out of California. I didn't know much about him coming into this. Um, he was a former walk-on for them. It was actually, I believe, a track walk-on first and then ended up playing football and ended up finally late in his career getting a football scholarship. But as you'd expect, runs a 4-3, 40, um, fast, you know, was track star there too, um, but has good size. 6-1, 202 is a good size, played a little cornerback. Um, special teamer. And the thing that made me just think Patriots is all his highlights that you watch, he's punching the ball out late. He has the Patriot punch, the thing that they've been for years now. And I was like, they're going to eat that kind of crap up. And so as like a second round, I mean, second, if you could steal him in the third kind of speed based, yep, probably a little bit developmental, 
Um, but I think you could get special teams out of him. You could probably be a gunner. Um, and then as a, you know, developmental safety, I think he's an interesting guy. Um, so there's a lot of, I mean, there is good depth in this draft at safety, I would say. Um, and then the other guy that's really interesting, again, I think we talked about him a little bit with the linebackers, Simmons, this Jeremy Chin kid who, yep. you know, the, the poor man Simmons and, you know, 6'3", 221, Steve Atwater's nephew. Um, I, Southern I, Illinois, small school. Yeah, Southern Illinois. Um, I like him. I think he has a ton of upside. I think he can do a lot of things. You know, I don't know what I want to term him. And again, I wouldn't like him as much if people were talking about him as a top five pick like they are Isaiah Simmons. But if you get a second round kid who is an athlete, is your fifth defensive back, who blitzes a little, covers a little, plays some special teams um, with 4-4 speed, he's a good tackler, good ball skills, captain. I mean, there's You'd a lot like to think that he has a bigger upside because he hasn't really probably gotten the best coaching yet. Like he could right. be coached up more. True. The flip side is he hasn't played the competition right. level. So right. could he get exposed as maybe the game is a little too fast for him and like right. technical aspects of it. Um, but I wouldn't hate the idea of him being a Patriot. I think he'd be one of those intriguing guys that at the very least, you're going to pay attention in the preseason. And you're going to be like, yeah, this guy is, you know, Jamie Collins, like, you're like, wow, this guy flies around. He makes plays. He's long. He can do a lot of different things. Or you say, well, you know, there's a little bit of a jump here, and he's a special teamer in the second round again. The more we're talking through this, reduce, I kind of see a scenario of them trading back at 23, maybe targeting a guy in the second round somewhere. Oh, yeah. I, I think trading back, um, we talked to uh, Ross Tucker on WEEI last night, Mud at Night. He it's the typical Belichick year. Now, the only thing I will say is now we had, I don't know if you saw this, um, crap sheet had some anonymous GM tell him there's more than 32 first round grades. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, I mean, that actually helps it, but it would, it would change the argument a little bit of we're going to get the same player at 23 as we are at 43. But it would also say if I can somehow trade down, even if I get 34, right. Well, getting a first round quality player at 34 and I added another pick somewhere, it certainly would make sense. And this, you know, we've gone through this, the Patriots need tight end safety, wide receiver, linebacker, defensive edge, maybe interior offensive line, maybe a quarterback, like kicker, can, kicker. So you can list, you know, a number of positions that not only do they need a guy, they might need two guys to try to, sort of add and depth immediately. This also isn't just like make an impact, like contribute in a year or two from now. This is make an impact this coming season. Right, which is a little um, unrealistic. I mean, yeah, they have you're not, not going to get seven guys to make impacts as rookies. Especially when your second pick is 87. Like, right. you get one player and then you're watching a lot of draft go by and then all of a sudden you're getting a third-round pick, a late third-round pick, right? So, I mean – yeah, you could nail this. Maybe Bill will have some stunning draft um, after, you know, he being ripped for the last six years and recent years. But they have a lot of needs. They could certainly use a lot of picks. And I don't know that there's going to be any obvious stud answer at 23. So I would put safety among the many positions that are in range for, you know, the first, second, third pick there, whether that's late in the first or second or third round. Uh, we got to jump off this podcast. We got some breaking Patriots kind of news to post. 
Oh. I guess you can wait your live quick reaction. Per Ian Rapport, retired Patriots tight end Rob Ronkowski has told New England that he's interested in playing football again and want to do that with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. Didn't you already post that he, he talked about that and didn't really say he wanted to? Yeah, I did. This is interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, that's a phenomenally big story for the National Football League. It's a superstar. It's a, a second Hall of Fame player that wants to leave New England, enjoy the join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to go have fun and make plays and improve the Bucs' chances of making the playoffs and going to the Super Bowl and uh, do nothing for the Patriots. <laughs> but it's a draft pick, maybe. You could trade him for a pick before the draft. That's true. All right, we'll come back with you uh, tomorrow, I believe, with sort uh, of a general drafts podcast, just everything with the Patriots, what they could do, what they can't do, league-wide stuff, just a, basically a draft preview. Yeah, draft preview, final mocks, final projections, trade rumors, and maybe a little bit more on this uh, Rob Gronkowski story. All right, see you later. Peace out.